Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome to The Repack. I'm Justice Mosqueda. I'm joined here by Tex Western. Say what's up the people, Tex. What's up, everybody? New season, same old bears. I am so excited. Same old bears. Um, <laughs> would you, would you like to, what, what is the word schadenfreude? Schadenfreude. Yes. Schadenfreude. Ha- happiness at the misfortune of others. Very German. All right. So we, we cannot attack our sister site, which is Windy City Gridiron, because they don't want us in the comments or anything like that. They don't want us disrupting another community. They want the communities to be fun. But I can read to you guys a couple of the highest voted uh, Reddit comments on the postgame thread <laughs> in Chicago. We'll go through those uh, throughout the podcast. The Green Bay Packers win 38-20 to 20 in Chicago. That score looks a lot closer um, than the game actually was. And I don't even think the Green Bay Packers played particularly well in that game. I just think the Chicago Bears might be really, really bad again this year after they got the first overall pick. Yeah, right. They should have shot of Ryan Poles, the Bears GM, in the booth at one point in the fourth quarter of that game. And I just like, man, he must be really, really, really having a bad day <laughs> because this this roster that they've they've compiled and and put all this money into and bringing over guys like DJ Moore for the offense and Chase Claypool and and investing all that money on on some additions um, on defense didn't really work out for him today. So that was, yeah, it, it's it's fun to see the same old Packers Bears rivalry, um, even as you know the Packers have handed the torch on from one quarterback to another. This Chicago Bears team that couldn't move the ball, by the way, is spending, I think, thirty million dollars more in cash than the Green Bay Packers are this season. Um, <laughs> This is no longer like a rebuild uh, for Chicago. This was supposed to be the year that they take that step at least out of extremely bad, uncompetitive to like an average football team. And it does not seem like they've taken that step, at least based off of this game. Um, I want to get the injury stuff out of the way on the front ends, just so that we could talk about the game. Um, obviously Aaron Jones went out um he had a weird game where you know he was getting the the first series <laughs> carries uh they went down scored they basically didn't give him the ball for i think three series then they gave him the ball again yep. scored and then he ended up get, uh, getting the hamstring cra- cramping up um according to LaFleur he said that uh or Jones sorry too many too many uh nouns there proper nouns um Jones said that it wasn't a pull it was a bite uh, in his hamstring and that he knows what a hamstring mm. pull feels like and that he could have played, but he's thankful that LaFleur kept him out and looked out for him. So I don't think it's going to be a super big injury. Um, wouldn't be surprised if he missed like Wednesday or something like that in practice. Uh, Jay, uh, Jaden Reed 
left with cramps um, was kind of a scary moment for a little bit because he went up for, you know, to high point a ball in double coverage, ended up coming down. It You couldn't really figure out what part of his leg was really hurting. So I guess it makes sense that it was cramps, um, but he was limping off the field, wasn't putting weight on his right leg. Um, Dobbs is fighting through a hamstring, but did play. Watson is fighting through a hamstring and didn't play. Bakhtiari played all the snaps with love in the game. Gary was on a pitch count. Quay Walker concussed himself on a touchdown return. <laughs> um, after, like, seeking out contact. It, it find, f- oh, someone yeah. find the Quay Walker interception. Uh, look at him just, like, seek out number 23. And just yeah, that was him. that was Roshan Johnson who had had a nice fourth quarter of his own for the Bears, but yeah. uh yeah, just just bowled that dude over and uh on his way to the end zone. That was that that play I guarantee is gonna end up on our top ten plays next summer of the 100%. season. Just just based on hilarity factor alone. Has to. Absolutely. Um here are a couple of just general uh comments that came from the Redditors. Uh, top one from Bro Abernathy. Well, that was quite literally the worst case scenario, and I I think that kind of <laughs> sums up how Bears fans feel right now. Um, the sky is falling; it is collapsing. It is time to run, Chicken yep. Middle. It is time to run because this was supposed to be the game. You catch Green Bay while they're napping. They're they're not they're not napping, and we're still sleeping. Um, yeah. Number... The... Oh, go ahead. Uh... No, just just all of the buildup, right? All all summer long, all year long. After the schedule comes out, right in in what middle of May, you've got three four months for Bears Cole fans. Said to start they're growing. they're coming after the North, and they're not going to let it but go. Yep, yep. And and for this for this result to uh, to come down the way it did, man, man, it feels good. Another comment from Moth Wings Two S's. I'm confiscating all Bears gear for my children. It's child abuse to raise them in this fandom. I will be the one to break the cycle of abuse. They are down uh, terribly right now. By the way, when we do the NFL reacts polls nationally, the fans nationally pick the Bears to win this game. Um, 80% of Packers fans, when we ran the poll, thought that, they, that we were going to beat the Chicago Bears. But nationally, people thought the Bears were going to win. This was a one-point line in the Bears' favor uh, this entire week. Didn't really float off of that. Um, even after, you know, the, the hype started to build around this Green Bay team throughout the preseason. Uh, one, one more. Didn't, didn't, oh, wasn't there, wasn't there a panel talking about picks? Wasn't there a panel? I think it was the NFL Network panel where everybody yeah. picked everyone the Bears picked, to win the game. Today. Everyone picked Chicago. Someone screenshot yeah. it and sent that to me. Um, yeah. Shout out to Kurt Warner. Uh, one <laughs> One more just general one. And this kind of touches on something that uh, Brad Spielberger in our preview episode uh, intercepted uh, talked about this from here shots. KDS an absolute embarrassment at pretty much all levels of the team. Reasonable fans weren't expecting this to be a Super Bowl contender, but getting blown out at home by the Packers isn't acceptable. The emperor has no clothes. This is the 2019 (laughs) opener 2.0. And that's something that I didn't realize had such a big weight on Bears fans' psyche was the 2019 opener. Brad brought that up, and I had to ask him, like, well, yeah. what do you mean? And he was like, that was supposed to be, you know, our next step. And then it just turns out Mitch Trubisky still can't throw, so nothing matters. And, yeah, I mean, Fields Fields didn't perform well today outside of scrambling, which 
good for him, but you know, you could put a running back there and have him scramble. I know Fields is a really good athlete. I mean, he could probably move to receiver or running back, but um, as far as him taking that next step as quarterback, I haven't seen it. And in the preseason, people were getting excited off of 80 yard screenplays. So. Yeah. Yeah. So much of, of what that passing game seemed to be for the bears today was a lot of screens, a lot of swing passes. Um, they were doing a lot of weird stuff where they had guys going, getting off the line like a half, a half second or a, a, just a beat before the snap. And they were getting called for, for a couple of false starts on that, but there was they also had some like weird three stuff. Penalties like tight ends going in motion. It, it yeah, was like it, two, it, two false starts and then something else. I can't remember. Delay of game. Yeah. Something. So there was like, there was some weird stuff just with, within the, the structure of the offense. I feel like that. That, that was kind of strange, but, um, you know, fields, what one, one completed downhill downfield pass from a drop back was the 20 yard touchdown to Darnell Mooney. I think yeah. everything else was, was dink and dunks or he was making off schedule throws and, um, you know, doing stuff on the run. Wasn't good for him. Um, no. let's get into offensive vibe checks. Let's do this thing. Where are you at? I, I'm at like, like a six and a half. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say like seven if they give Aaron Jones the ball a little bit more and like a five yeah. if they don't. Because yeah, the whole, the, the split with, with Jones versus not Jones is t- a little terrifying to me. So, uh, rushing yards wise, Aaron Jones leads the team, uh, nine carries, 41 yards and a touchdown. Um, Second, actually, was Patrick Taylor. Five carries, 22 yards. That was all in garbage time. Um, Ends up having more yards than A.J. Dillon, who had 19, on just five carries compared to Dillon's 13. Um, If you take away Dillon's longest run, he has 12 carries for 12 yards. That's bad. That's not good. That's That's, real bad. Yes. One and a half yards per carry is unacceptable. Um, and some of it is Dylan. Some of it, I feel like, is the way they're handing him the ball. I mean, there yes. was the, the, the shotgun, the little toss that get him, get him going sideways. Now I know he got no, hit in the backfield. Yeah, that was and, a dumb and, play. And nothing... I don't understand how that works. Right. Yeah. So he's, he is the type of running back that at least. Again, in my in my football brain, you want to hand him the ball out of like an eye formation, running downhill, getting his momentum going towards the line of scrimmage, not going sideways or at a standstill. I just don't know why they try to make him something that he's not, because it seems like they take yeah. real pride in the fact that they have this 240-pound running back who they can get to the edge at times. And I think you want that to be a tendency breaker. You don't want that when you have edge pressure and you're just throwing a toss into it. And you're like, yeah, he'll be good enough to beat that. How many times have we seen him trip over his own feet on the edge? Like <laughs> how many we've had him for four years. Like his, his best games are like that snow game against Tennessee where it's like, yeah, we're just going to run yep. him downhill. You know what I mean? So all this yep. gun stuff, man, I'm, I understand you got to spell Jones a little bit because he is like what a 29 year old five, eight running back who's sub 200 or whatever. But, there's got to be a better way. There has to be a better way to be able to do this. And I know Lafleur yep. in the post game presser was like, "Yeah, we were on a bunch of like, uh, like, like get back on track situations." And I'm like, "Dylan's not giving you any yards. 
It, like if you're gonna get back on track, it'll yeah. be handing the ball off to Jones or something like that. I don't, I don't get it. I would like to see Patrick Taylor or Emmanuel Wilson, whoever it is, try to challenge Dylan for that second running back spot. Because um, it's not even like he got all those looks in the preseason. I don't think he did much with those carries either. Mm-hmm. So. Yep, agreed. I yeah, I don't get it. Um, the big one, Jordan Love. 15 to 27, 245 yards, three touchdowns, only got sacked once. 123.2 quarterback rating. Um this is the first time since 2021 that a quarterback for Green Bay had three touchdowns and 240 plus yards. Aaron Rodgers did not do that in a single game last season. Uh, good yeah. god. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think Rodgers averaged something like oh 215 yards a game or something last year. So this was a good it's, passing game. We we knew that he took a step back numbers wise last year, but but hearing that put into context <laughs> and 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 hearing that is is just a little terrifying and really kind of underscores how much he did struggle at least certainly by his standards last season. So yeah, yikes. And I think love. Missed some plays, right? Like there was obviously, yeah. Um, the the he ones had a, uh, that he couldn't connect yes. to. That one's the biggest yep, bummer, that, probably. But yep. there were also little ones, and then you know the the weird fumble, uh, the the fumbled snap and all that stuff. Like there are certainly things yep. that he needs to clean up. Kind of, kind of what do you assume for a guy who's taking his first real start? Because he said he or Lafleur said that, you know, they didn't prepare for that KC game with his own game plan or anything like that, right? And they, they didn't mm-hmm. start um, thinking about him as the starting quarterback until Wednesday of that week against the Kansas City Chiefs two years ago. So this is his first real start with a bunch of rookie wide receivers. His number one pass catcher is out. His number two pass catcher has a hamstring issue, right? They're rotating probably the best player on the team and Aaron Jones in and out of the lineup. Like, yeah, this is kind of what you would expect. These are these are the lumps everyone talked about, right? Yep. Yeah, but I think to me the biggest the biggest thing I was most impressed with, and they talked about it a little bit on the broadcast, was how well he played on third down. Um, it seemed like all of his really high quality throws came on third downs, and the fact that the Packers converted nine of sixteen third down attempts in this game um, is is really impressive, and and some of those throws. I mean, and they, they weren't all just, you know, third and three, third and short opportunities either. There was, I know there was a third and 13 pretty early on, a couple of third and longs in that, in that mix that, um, a couple of, a couple of Jaden Reed connections there. Um, and he just, I thought did really, a really good job of, uh, managing to extend some drives when third down opportunities came up. And I thought it was interesting because this is going to be something to watch moving forward. They didn't really blitz him, and that's something, one, Bears fans are very pissed about. Two, you know, LeFleur and Love both mentioned uh, in the in the presser. Um, that was obviously what gave him some struggles two years ago against Kansas City, right? Um, what are some yep. of those pressure looks when, when he wasn't really prepared for the moment? So it'll be interesting to see what that'll be like moving forward because um, the Bears play a lot of cover two and a lot of cover three based off of uh, what Brad – said that they were doing in the preseason and what I was able to see on the broadcast view at wide receiver. I thought it was interesting that Dontavian Wicks played so many snaps. Um, These snap counts are from immediately after the Quay Walker touchdown. 
Okay, so that's kind of when I consider like this is full blown garbage time now. No one is like actually out here to play football. We're just trying to kill the clock. Um, number one receiver in terms of snaps was Romeo Dobbs, twenty nine. Then it was Dontavian Wicks, twenty eight. After that, Jaden Reed. So yeah, actually out snap Reed. Um, that was a big surprise to me because I thought Malik Heath, who ended up running f- or, or finishing fourth. Uh, was 17 snaps, which is 35% of the snaps at wide receiver, was going to be the injury replacement for Watson because he was the injury replacement for Dobbs in the preseason finale. And then Samari Toure got 15. So it was kind of like an even split between Heath and Toure um, at the bottom. And it seems like maybe Heath is the Dobbs backup and Wicks is the Watson backup. A um, little interesting there. Yeah. Yeah. It caught me off guard a little bit too. And, and I was, I was finding myself surprised during the game, even how, how often I was seeing 13 on the field. Um, so, so yeah, that was, that'll be really interesting to follow. Hopefully, obviously we hope that Watson will be back next week yeah. and, uh, and that, that snap count will be, uh, completely different. But, um, I, I'd be curious to see how many of Reed's snaps in particular were in 11 personnel. And how many might have come in like a twenty, a twenty-one, or a twelve personnel? Um, I will because be obviously that they, this they've week. been. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Awesome. We're on the same wavelength. I love it. But yeah, I mean, him obviously being the slot guy for this team. Um, yeah, that's just something I'll be really curious to see. You know, when you break that down, what um, you know, what his, what type of personnel groupings um, Reed was actually used in, or if it was if it was exclusively in like three three receiver sets. The other thing in terms of personnel, tight end, I told you, Luke Musgrave <laughs> is the guy. He's the man. Um, He's the man. So again, this is just a snapshot, so maybe it's a little bit less in terms of the percentage by the end of the game, depending on like who who got in at, at you know when uh, Sean Clifford was in and stuff like that. But at this point, um, so the leading receiver, right, Dobbs had twenty nine reps, which was good for about sixty percent of the offensive snaps. Luke Musgrave, 45 reps at 90, 94% of the offensive snaps. Um, I was talking to my buddy Keegan Abdu, who works for Next Gen Stats. He was telling me in-game, he's like, if Musgrave continues this, he's going to be the first rookie in week one to uh, play 90% of the offensive snaps since George Kittle in 2014 or whatever it was uh, back then. Good Lord. So. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's that's what he is right now, and he's playing all those reps. Um, what I thought was interesting, so Josiah Deguara was second. He played about a third of the snaps. Um, ben Sims, the guy that they picked up off of waivers, actually outplayed Tucker Craft six snaps to three at this point in the game. So before garbage time, that's a little interesting. I mean, that kind of tracks with kind of where. Uh, how many snaps like you would have thought Tyler Davis would have taken. And that's kind of the role mm-hmm. I think Sims is going to fill. Do you remember Sims at all? You, you were I, I remember. Yeah. I, I remember seeing that, uh, seeing somewhere along the line in the last two weeks that they grabbed him. But I remember the name just from pre-draft uh, yes. prep and stuff that, that I think he was a, a pre-draft visitor to green Bay, right? He, mm-hmm. he took a top 30 or, or, or one of the unofficials. Or something. So I remember that name from from going back, and I mean, big guy, mainly a blocking tight end, yeah. if I remember right. 
big, so. big athletic, but he's more of a blocking type of guy. So yeah, I'm yeah. not, I'm not surprised he got some work in. I wouldn't, I'll check. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he got the Y reps when Musgrave wasn't on the field and that 7% or whatever, yeah. and then played a little bit of wing. Cause that's kind of like what Tyler Davis did. He's mostly there for special teams. I wouldn't make too much of it. Um, just kind of think it's interesting. Tucker craft is again, kind of taking a back seat there at tight end. I don't know how much we're going to see of him. Um, this year, I mean, in the preseason, they seem to have different packages for like the Musgrave Deguara pairing and then the Musgrave Craft pairing. It didn't really fall down mm-hmm. to like one, one, two, three on the depth chart. It was more like these are our packages for those specific guys. Yeah, each of these guys playing very specific roles and things. Yeah, yep. Um, the offensive line, I thought they played pretty good. Maybe I'll change my mind when I get the all 22 and I could see kind of what would, what the hell was happening on that run game. A lot of it was just them not having a lot of athleticism on those uh, outside runs with AJ Dillon. Um, Myers was the guy who kind of struggled there though, unsurprisingly at, you know, the middle of the defense or the middle of the offense. Um, they were doing a bunch of like pin and pull stuff with him, which not surprising. They've been doing a bunch of pin and pull for the last two years, but there were a couple run throughs that he allowed and, um, one of them he even made contact with, but then like just didn't get any push and it just gets balled up in the backfield. And it's like, all right, dude, just pull the guards. Just pull the guards. Don't pull <laughs> Myers. Don't do it. Yeah. No, I, I, nothing to add there. I mean, it was, it was just a pretty solid performance all around. And one sack, you mentioned only one, only one sack. Um, and that was on that, that was on that weird third down right at the end of the half, right? Yeah. Where they had to, and then the weird timing and the bur- the and everything going into out. the, yeah. yeah, yeah, right before that, that field goal at the end of the half. So I don't know what they were going to do with that. I, I wonder if that was just like, I, hey, let's not burn our confidence here and yeah. take an L where it's like, we, we, we're still in control. We're still in control. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like one of those weird things. Um, yep. This also came from next gen stats. My buddy Keegan Abdu again, the first 17 plays on offense were all motion plays. So I don't know if that continued. Um, would be interested in seeing uh, what that looked like in the second half. Um, but seems like a whole lot of motion. Um, way more pistol. I think the first drive, they had two plays in pistol for Jordan Love. And uh, last season, they had like eight. It was either eight or 16. I can't remember which one it was. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, they're in the pistol a whole lot more. We saw them run the triple option on like the second play of the game. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I think they do want to run Jordan Love. And if Jordan Love doesn't pitch that ball on the triple option, just gets his guy totally depleted, um, I think he ends up hitting that over for the rushing, which is what I picked at APC for the player props. And I was like, yeah, God I- dang it, just fell short. <laughs> yeah, well, but he finished up with three carries for 12 yards. I, uh, yeah. yeah, when you when you put that, I'm like, yeah, that, that seems like that's seems like a no brainer, but just uh didn't didn't really get into the flow of um of getting him on the move a whole lot. So I think that I think his one nine yard scramble was a scramble. So in, in incredibly bold call to call a triple option that needs a good look <laughs> on like the second play of the game. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a ballsy call. There were a couple of a couple of real interesting ones that uh that LaFleur made in that in that game. Yeah. Um, last note here that I wanted to make, Manuel Wilson wasn't active in this game. Taylor was called up. Uh, Taylor mostly played on special teams. Again, not a surprise until, you know, the garbage time stuff came up. I don't know. I want one of these backs to test Dylan. I really do. Yeah. 
Where where are you with the Jonathan Taylor stuff? Because <laughs> it came out today, um, the Colts wanted Christian it, yeah. Watson, which is a non-starter, not happening. The, absolutely not. No, you are not trading a you know budding star wide receiver in his second season on his rookie contract right. for a running back who's in the final year of his rookie contract and is actively wanting a new deal. That's not happening. No. So I, I'm sure the the instant that the name Watson came up, Goot was like, "Okay, no, we're done." We're, we're done with this. Well, the way the reporting works is like, they were like, absolutely not, but let's keep talking. Let's see if, let's see if we can make <laughs> something work. So I, yeah, again, <laughs> I think it's just the whole Packers thing, right? It's like, oh, we were in the conversation, didn't find value. And then yeah. it comes out and people are like, <laughs> why didn't you just go get the guy, give up the entire farm for him? And it's like, uh. <laughs> but it'll be interesting to see, like, maybe even like, I mean, if not at the deadline, like next offseason, all these running backs are about to hit the open market. So maybe there's a chance for Green Bay to add a guy. I don't know. Well, and I mean, Dylan's going to be due for free agency. Um, unless something changes, it's hard to see them want really wanting to bring him back. I don't, I don't think so. And even when, um, cause Goot got asked about it at cutdowns, right. And his line then was, uh, cause I think it was, I think it was Wildy or someone was like, you know, what do you do if someone like AJ Dillon thinks like, oh, they're trying to upgrade from me and I'm here now. What do I do? And he was like, Dillon was going to be part of the team regardless. So I don't know what you do with that. They were going to keep all three backs because you, you can't really trade Aaron Jones at this point. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what their plan was. <laughs> all right. Um, let's take a break and then we'll get into defensive vibe checks. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. And we're back. All right. Couple couple more uh, Reddit Reddit posts. We got from uh, Sinpox. Certainly invested a lot into DJ Moore to act as a decoy. DJ Moore finished the game with, <laughs> I believe, 25 receiving yards. Um, yep. Jair Alexander apparently floated with him the entire game. I wasn't paying close enough attention to the defensive structure to notice that. I'll break it down this week. Um, interesting. Yeah, Jair the only raised... thing I noticed there, yeah, the only thing I noticed there was was Jair was moving, switching sides a lot more more than he has in the past, especially under Joe Barry. So um, if, if that's, it would make sense then to me that, that that would be the case as to why he was, he was moving around. But yeah, I, I think both of those DJ Moore 
catches. I think they came on almost back to back plays, um, in on one of the drives in either in the th- late third quarter or the fourth quarter for the Bears. Otherwise, complete non factor. I forgot they had DJ Moore. Leg- <laughs> legitimately forgot they had DJ Moore for a little bit. Um, there was another one. Uh, Skiles to pay the Biles is, is this poster. Sorry to all the people in the thread saying that Claypool over 1.5 catches and 15 yards was easy money. <laughs> Claypool had yeah. a terrible drop. He had a terrible block attempt to uh, Keyshawn Nixon, who just ate him up, even though Keyshawn's probably, man, 30, 40 pounds lighter than, yeah. than Claypool plus a couple inches. Um, I don't know what no catch with Claypool. No, no catches on two targets. Like, what, what, what do you do with this guy, dude? I <laughs> Claypool is a guy who's he's an idea, you know. Yeah, like he's not a real player, and he's well, he's got to be like in his fourth season in the NFL now, and it's just like, is it going to click? I, I don't so. know. We were pissed. No. Remember when? They were linked. Uh, Claypool for a second round pick was linked to Green Bay. I was like, I understand you yeah. want to do the Alan Lazard thing, but like Claypool is a guy who plays way smaller than he is compared to Lazard, who's like just has that mentality of like, okay, I'll be a tight end on this play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I don't see how you you look at Claypool on tape and think, yeah, that guy and, and that effort level and that uh, uh, that attitude is is matching up with with what you see physically. It's just not there. And he's a guy that like didn't really get along with the guys in the locker room in Pittsburgh because of that. Like he's openly said, yeah. and Brad even brought this up, that like he wants to be an outside receiver. He doesn't want to play in the slot because the slots have to do a lot more blocking. You're 235 pounds, you're, dude. You're six four. Like that's you, you need to be doing that stuff. Yes. Get your ass in there yeah, and yeah. like knock somebody on their ass. Come I on. I don't get it. I don't know if Pol- <laughs> I all right, so I talked to some people in the offseason, and I was trying to figure out, like, who's embarrassing themselves as a general manager? And the two answers I got were, uh, what's his name? Uh, Ron, oh, I'm going to mess this up, so I'm going to look it up. It's the Titans general manager. Um, boo, 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 oh, John ran, Robinson. Ran. I was going to say oh, Ron, Ran, Car- but I know Carthon. it's not. Yeah, I know it's not. It's not Ron. It's Rand Carthon. Um Apparently things aren't going good for him um, behind closed doors or whatever. Rabel sneaky first coach fired candidate. That's what I was told. Um, Ooh. And then the the other one was Ryan Poles. And I started picking about Ryan Poles and they're like, a lot of people in the scouting community and the league just like roll their eyes so hard at how much media stuff he's doing. I, I always bring up the, uh, the, the two, oh, the, mat- the mattress. Right? It's yeah. the match. It's he said he brought in a mattress because he's doing sixty-hour weeks during draft week. Um, which one sixty hours for that job in that time of the year is not that much. Two, you could do a nine yeah. to five every single day, get in, get out. Why do you need a mattress? <laughs> like seven <laughs> days of nine to five is sixty hours. You know, yeah. so like th- there's no need for the mattress. It's just trying to frame him as a hard O plus after the Vellis Jones selection, right? That was the other one. He said like, Oh, GMs are texting me, telling me I'm stealing their players and stuff on draft day. Vellis Jones, who's a 26 year old, uh, second year, third round pick, right? Healthy scratch in this game. 
He is their Amari Rodgers, <laughs> right? Imagine if Goot said that about Amari and was bragging about <laughs> how he's stealing players, how do you think Packers fans would react to that? <laughs> and 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 Amari Rodgers, if he was like four, four years older than Amari yes. Rodgers. Yes, that's also part <laughs> of it. Um, yeah. But we're here for defensive five checks. All right, let's talk about the defense. I'll say, uh, give me the six and a half too. I know we won. I'm going double six and a half. There was bad tackling in this game. I still don't trust the safeties. Outside of that, I feel pretty decent though. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit more bullish. I think I'm at like a seven and a half. Um, I feel like the, I mentioned on the, the spaces at halftime, there was, there was some bad tackling admittedly, but I feel like I've seen the Packers tackle a lot worse in week one games in past yeah. years. Um, yeah, I thought there were, there were a couple of, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, th- there, there have been some really, really ugly, like week one tackling performances. And I did overall, I thought that there was, you know, it was, it was at least solid to, to decent. Um, the pass rush looked great and looked deep, which I'm excited about. Um, I think, uh, you know, Gary looked like he was, he was on a pitch count a little bit, right? I mean, he was playing most of the I think he was downs. only playing third and fourth downs because I think he was on the yeah. field for that fourth down when they try to do that sneak. Um, but yeah, again, this comes from Keegan again because I've just piped into the advanced stats this year. I'm like, give me, give me yep. something. I know something's happening. Tell, tell me my biases are true. Uh, <laughs> Gary, Gary had four pressures on his first nine snaps. Good Insane. Lord. He's ready. He's ready. I mean, we're just it's ready nuts. to unleash this dude once he, once he can finally go. Yeah. But I mean, six, I think it was six official hits on, uh, on fields in total and then four sacks probably could have had a couple more. Um, I mean, Wyatt had a great, a great start to this, the second year. Like we were kind of hoping yeah. he would. Ben Ness's play where he tracks, uh, fields down scrambling over near the sideline. I mean, that's a play that we've been desperate for somebody to make on a Packers team is to tr- to track down an athletic quarterback before he gets to the corner and and, yeah. and burns the defense. So that play had me literally up out of my seat shouting and scaring the cats. I was so excited about that. And at that point, so, Justin Fields was just running to the edge with no hesitation. He was just getting that yeah. free edge every single time. So. And yep. that was like a third down too, right? That was hey, kick the ball. I think so. Sure. I think you're right. Yeah. So, um, and I mean, so yeah, you've got you've got Gary coming back. Preston Smith is still is is still Preston Smith, right? He's going to be an elite an elite edge setter, um, who's going to give you some juice every once in a while as a pass rusher. Um, JJ Anikbare kind of has your edge three. I mean, he seems like he's taken that step. He had yeah. a. I don't, I don't think he had any big flash plays today, but he looked solid for the most part and um you know and, and and is kind of developing into a complete depth edge you know he can set the edge a little bit too so i'm really bullish on um the depth and the the talent level um that this team has at at, at pass rush so I, I agree i mean the the big question is they got to figure something out next to savage at safety but even savage looked pretty good today he had savage a couple, had a really couple nice plays. Instinctive plays yeah, yeah. savage yeah, had a couple did. plays um, I think so. he, I think the TFL he got, it was supposed to be a Bob Tunyon block. So 
have, yep. have fun with Bobby. Um, I, I do <laughs> like that you brought up Enigbara because he did he did get the injury replacement start for Gary because Gary obviously wasn't playing the early downs. So he got the start, you know, quote unquote, in the game. I'd be interested in seeing how um, the pitch counts kind of like ended up working, the snap counts ended up working for all the pass rushers because it seemed like they were all just getting in. Like Lucas Van Ness and Justin Holland started the second drive and they usually don't rotate those guys out that early. But I mean, yeah. you have guys who can rush after the passer now, right? Like you got five of these dudes, so you might as well use all five of them and keep them fresh. And Nick Barry is a guy who probably had the best summer out of, you know, Van Ness Hollins and him. So I'm happy that yep. they didn't just, I know some people are probably mad that they're like, why didn't, you know, Van, Van Ness got the sack too. So like, that's only going to add fuel to the fire, but they're kind of mad that like Van Ness isn't the guy who's going to get that next man up tab just because of his draft status. But I'm happy that they're not just going to give up on Enigbare just because yep. he didn't have the draft status. That guy played really good ball as a fifth round rookie last year. And I'm excited that he still has kind of like a spot on the team and is being thought about, about you know, in that way. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned it, the, the summer that he had, the couple of performances in preseason games that he put up, especially that second preseason game. I mean, he was everywhere against the Patriots. So, um, yeah, he certainly earned his spot as the the next guy up um, after the, the top two. So good to see him kind of get those good snaps in there today. Um, you mentioned it, Wyatt. Uh, one and a half sacks, two TFLs. Um, Brooks is another guy who had a sack TFL. He was a guy who I think outplayed uh, Kobe Wooden, especially in the yeah. New England game, that preseason week two game. Yep. Um, excited that he got some of these reps because I don't think Brooks got a single snap with the first team defense in the preseason. Now, we, we knew, obviously, that they were going to rotate a little bit more when it wasn't just playing one quarter of football, right? I mean, you're, those big bodies are going to need breathers. Um, so I'm happy that he's actually getting on the field because I think I wouldn't be surprised if he was the fourth guy, um, you know, ends up jumping wooden on on the depth chart yep. at some point, you know, if not in the near future, at some point this season. Um, let's talk about it. Quay's pick six. <laughs> oh, my God. What a cluster. This is like I said before, this is going to be on the top 10 countdown for sure. But, um, I mean, just, just to start it off, really good job, I think, by him dropping deep into zone and then reading Fields' eyes and kind of fo- following him to, to where the football was going to go. So just a nice job by him to, to get that first, that first pick. And then once he did, I mean, the rest of it was just hilarious. <laughs> he ran straight into 23 and then somehow <laughs> he, he ran to the right once he was in the middle of the field, trucks 23. And then somehow ended up up the left sideline, but then got completely clobbered by uh, the Bears' right tackle, Darnell Wright, who the Packers brought in on a pre-draft visit. They were thinking about taking him with the Van Ness pick, and he ends up getting probably a concussion. I mean, he was pulled out of the game. He's being evaluated for it. Hopefully, it's not um, so that he can play play this next game. But, I mean, we might be out quite now for a week because of that thing. So. Oh I didn't notice God. a lot of Penny stuff either. It seemed like they were just trying to play like true nickel stuff, which maybe is a little bit of a personnel thing. Like I talked about this um, when we were talking about the uh, the cutdowns and stuff, but really what they were doing when they were getting in nickel sets, and I think it makes sense, is um, they were playing Slayton at the nose and Kenny Clark at the three tech when it was a rundown. And then on a pass down, they were playing Clark 
at the nose and then Devontae Wyatt at three tech. And I'm Wyatt. like, yeah, that's yeah. Yeah. a way to get big bodies on the field when it's rundowns and a way to get pass rushers on the field when it's pass downs. Like that makes way more sense than just loading three interior defensive linemen on the field every single time. And then every other play you have to drop, drop Preston Smith into coverage. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, um, you know, back to Quay, I think there was one or two plays early where um, he did not look comfortable in coverage. I think there was mm-hmm. one swing pass to maybe it was Herbert, one of the guys that uh, that kind of beat him to the sideline. And, um, and that was, that was a little disappointing, but yeah, that was, that was, I think the best play that I've seen him, him have in, you know, one full season plus one game um, in, in pass coverage. So yeah, good on, good on him. And, and now we got a highlight that we, uh, that we can laugh about forever of him trucking Roshan Johnson. I thought, I thought Kinosh, uh, Keyshawn, Kinosh, weird. Um, <laughs> I thought Keyshawn was a little up and down. Like you could tell when he's playing confidently and when he's mm-hmm. still trying to like feel out what he can get away with within the rules and the structure of the defense. Right. So like, I think yeah. the touchdown that he gave up was him trying to be aggressive and trying to see if he can jump, jump a route. And then they end up throwing a wheel behind him because he probably didn't expect a wheel coming, you know, at, at that area in the field. But at the same time, he's blowing up some of these plays in the backfield. Mm-hmm. And if you, if he can get that full confidence on every single play, like this dude might be a demon. This dude might be a demon. Yeah. Well, he is, he is absolutely fearless, right? Like we knew that from his, yeah. his, were covering kicks last year, let alone, you know, him taking balls out five yards deep of the end zone on kick returns. Um, that man has, has no fear whatsoever, but, um, and, and yeah, it shows up in, in his tackling. It shows up on some of those plays where he can fire and, and, you know, get to a guy around the line of scrimmage. Um, yeah, it's just some of those coverage instincts I think are still a little bit of a work in progress. If, if Rudy Ford, who's starting at safety, uh, opposite of Darnell Savage, continues to have games like this and the Packers <laughs> continue to win at that point. Are you like, if, if the Packers are like six and two at the deadline, Rudy Ford hasn't taken that jump. Are you willing to come to me with on, on the uh, Buda Baker trade side? Oh yeah, absolutely. You kidding me? I mean, look, it's not going to take, I need it's, it. It's going to take very little convincing for me to, to join you on that on that train um i mean i think i'm i think i'm pretty much there already as it is <laughs> but uh yeah if this team is if this team looks like a contender after you know six eight weeks of this season um i think that's a that's that's the obvious place for an upgrade um on this roster that can can give you the biggest bang for your buck if you can find another capable safety especially if savage is looking good and if this you know this game that he had today is um you know is a performance that he's able to stack and and maintain some consistency with if he plays like he did you know today for for the next half of the season um yeah putting a, a competent safety next to him is going to be a big plus for this defense and yeah it'll just be a matter of where do they see themselves at the deadline and do they see themselves as as that being something that can kind of push them over the hump i gave someone the kiss of death uh, earlier this week, <laughs> I was watching the Miami A&M game and Cameron Kitchens, I think he caused a big fumble. He's like uh, like borderline first-round pick type of safety for, for the U, right? Like big, big, strong guy comes down, hits people real hard. 
And then I tweeted out immediately, like, future Packer Cameron Kitchens. And then I think, like, the last drive of the game, he ends up getting carted off with an injury. And I was like, damn. Mm. Did it again. I'm I'm on the hunt. I swear to God, we will not have bad safeties next year. And I will <laughs> I will send letters, you know, in my own blood to <laughs> Brian Gutekunst so that we don't have to watch this thing again. Because <laughs> Ford, Ford was on the ground way too much today. Oh. Way too much. Every single time you're like, how did that run go that long? Or how did that screen go that long? It's because Ford's on the ground. It's because Ford's on the ground. Well, there's the one where he made the he only made the tackle because the guy vaulted over him and then he happened to like stand up at just the right time and take his legs out from under him. And then somehow he gets an unnecessary roughness penalty on that same play yes. to, uh, oh, to add to it too. Like, what the hell, man? Yeah, so so the Packers yeah. have six safeties on the roster. Um, the guys who are active for this game, Savage Ford, Jonathan Owens, who did a little bit on special teams, um, actually like made a pretty good tackle out there on one mm-hmm. of the coverage units. I can't remember which yep. one it was. And then Don Levitt, who's like their personal protector. He's their wedge buster on kickoff. Um, the two guys who were inactive were Anthony Johnson Jr., who I think arguably had the best summer of any of these safeties, at least at least preseason, because that's what I was able to watch, mm-hmm. right? And then they picked up Zane Anderson off of waivers that cut down uh, same time as Ben Sims. The thing about Anderson that's weird to me, he like he is Don Levitt. Like he did all those things yeah. for the Bills, for the Chiefs. He was the personal protector. He was the good so like are we redshirting a guy behind Don Levitt to be next year's like specialist <laughs> who doesn't play defense at all? Like I I don't know what we're doing at that spot. That's where I'm like I don't know. Isn't there more value in just like having Patrick Taylor on the roster or Jonathan Ford or Ballantine, like one of these guys who can actually play? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I still, I still believe that uh, Anthony Johnson is probably going to play some significant snaps on defense at some point this season. Yeah. Um, just based on what we saw this summer. Um, but he was, I mean, he was dealing with a little bit of a, he showed up on the injury report a little bit this week, right? I think he was still a full participant in practice, but yeah. um, there was something, you know, nicking him up a little bit there. So I don't know. I, I, I still think he'll be somebody who plays a, a somewhat substantial role at some point here. Green Bay's touchback percentage is already like double what it was last year. We got two touchbacks, <laughs> five attempts. Yeah. Carlson was six of six, including PATs today with a long of uh, 52 after an up and down camp. That's great. Um, Jaden Reed seems like he had, he had one pretty good return on punt return. He didn't get really much out of kickoff. I mean, it's not like Chicago was scoring a bunch anyway. Um, And they were just kicking it through the back of the end zone. Cause a lot of times they had the wind behind them when they were kicking on kickoff. Um, Dot special teams was doing pretty good. Uh, would say, yeah. Ooh, I don't know, like eight. Just because I don't, yeah, like no, no big plays, but like, hey, I think you guys are competent. I, I would, I mean, I would go so far as, I, we, I think there was the, the one big play, right? Reed had that, I think a thirty-five yard punt return, something yeah. like that. Um, so I think there you've got something to, to hang your. And on uh, Daniel Whelan's got a got a cannon for a leg. If he can yeah. figure out how to, you know, get some of those 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 punts near the goal line to check up a little bit instead of kicking him in the end zone, um, Packers might have a little 
might have found a little something there with that guy. So, but yeah, Reed, I mean, three returns, 54 yards for, for Reed on punts. Um, he just looks that that's the thing with Nixon, right? I mean, he, he seems like he's a kick, a kick returner. Yeah. Um, I think they had him on punts last year because they had to, and they didn't really have any other good options, but we've talked about it, that those are kind of I different think that was, types that of was skill sets. Just, we got to get someone whose name isn't Amari Rogers out there. Correct. Yeah. Yep. Yep. But yeah, Reed, Reed looked comfortable. I mean, certainly he was, he's done it at a high level of college and, um, and he seems like he's got that, that little bit of that shake that, uh, that can, can make him effective on punts. So that was kind of nice to, nice to see. And then, I mean, Nixon again is, is a, a madman bringing kicks out of the end zone. So that was, uh, that's always still kind of, kind of entertaining, but yeah, nothing, nothing negative really, I think to, to write home about. I don't remember any penalties on the Packers special teams. Um, so that alone, I'm trying to think if there was maybe there was one hold or something, but I think there was, no, there was the one that they called incorrectly on the Bears or on the Packers on the opening kickoff that was actually yeah. on the Bears. Uh, yeah, they the, said 23. They and I was on... like, Jair is out there on, on kickoff. Yeah. What the hell are we <laughs> doing? And it was on Roshan Johnson. I think we... yeah. Yep. Yeah. We all had the exact same thoughts, uh, on that one that no, no, Jair doesn't do the, either. That's the wrong number. That's the wrong team. So, um, no, it was a good, it was a good day. Maybe, you know, Basaccia has always done a, a good job of, if not that first year at a stop, the second year really turning those units around from being terrible before he got there to, you know, at least bringing them to, to acceptable in year one and, and then taking a big step in year two. And, Here's hoping. I mean, it's a good start, at least for uh, for his second year so far. And I think the win was probably going pretty good in Chicago. Yeah. Um, because he, because the the kicker there, what's his name, uh, Cairo Santos, is a guy who's yeah. near the bottom of the league in touchback percentage, and he was booming those things into the back line, um, in, yep. in certain quarters, right? And those were the quarters that Anders wasn't able to hit, you know, out out of the end zone. So. I, I think the win definitely was a little bit more of a factor there. I wouldn't be surprised if we get to Atlanta and every single time that thing's going through the back of the end zone anyway on those touchbacks. Um, yep, you mentioned Jaden Reed. I wanted to bring up this point because there's two more data points on, on Jaden Reed in college football that are happening constantly right now. Payne Thornton, uh, Thorn transferred to <laughs> Auburn. He is like in a 10-way quarterback competition right now, like still in season. They're rotating all these guys. Um, he was his quarterback at Michigan State. Uh, they barely beat Cal, which is not any Oof. good at all. They 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 scored fourteen on Cal uh, on Saturday, uh, one by four points, in front of forty four thousand allegedly. Um, the other guy is Coleman, the other wide receiver who was at MSU last year. He ended up transferring mm-hmm. to FSU. This dude looks like a top ten pick now. He's nut. <laughs> he's going nuts. It's insane. Like oh, if man. you, I don't know if you got to see any college football while while you were overseas. Um, but that LSU FSU game, Coleman just completely took it over, and I I think he was basically the difference in that game. Nice. Well, I mean, we've been talking about the whole Peyton Thorne thing ever since Reed was drafted as yeah. being a a big a big reason for his inconsistency. Um, but I think you know on, on offense, I think he had a couple of really really nice uh nice routes there were some interesting things they did with getting him kind of free on corner routes to um they had a guy 
you know, clearing out the, the corner with a post and him kind of fitting in behind and loved it. Pretty good job of fitting a couple of those in there. Um, there's a couple other balls that he had thrown his way that, that got broken up or, um, he took, he took a, he's going to tighten his chin strap down a little bit too. Cause I think t- two or three times he had his helmet knocked off. He's going to be the next AJ Hawk on that one. But, yeah. um, but I mean, still, I mean, two catches, 48 yards, hit a 30 yarder. Um, I think both of those were, I think both of them were third and long conversions too, if I remember right. Um, yeah, there was that one so. that was just, oh, it was like over the ball basically. And they were, they sent five, but played cover three behind it. So that mm-hmm. plug guy in the middle was just gone completely. Payne yeah. Thorne. So, no, I think a, a nice, yeah, <laughs> nice debut for Reed now that he's Payne. playing with a real quarterback. Two games for Payne Thorne. Okay. The backup quarterbacks behind him have thrown 11 passes. So he's taken the vast majority of the snaps at quarterback. Okay. Two games against the UMass Minutemen and Cal Golden Bears. <laughs> How many yards do you think Peyton Thorne has recorded passing? And he's he's played almost all of both of those games. Yes. Is what you're telling me? Yes. I mean he sh- he should have something in the realm realm of about 400 passing yards, but I'm gonna guess it's like 250, 235, baby. <laughs> That's so uh, gross. Uh, Mind you, his oh back, the, the backup quarterback there, Robbie Ashford, who should be playing baseball, he transferred from Oregon. Uh, should be playing baseball. <laughs> Football is not his sport. He is Auburn's second leading rusher right now. So oh, man. that is how it's going <laughs> on the planes currently. Um, yeah, Jaden Reed probably held down by by his quarterback play. The one thing I'm interested in is like with Reed is like, is this just going to be the year that he kind of like takes his lumps too? Because it seemed like there were a couple plays that mm-hmm. – Maybe not drops, but it's like, yeah, he had opportunities and he didn't necessarily come down with them. Yeah, there was, there was one where he tried to like body catch something and, and the ball didn't quite get to him as quickly as maybe it could have, or it was a little bit too far inside. It was like a corner out and I think Love could have thrown a little bit more to the sideline and, and given him, given him a better chance to make the catch, but he did not go and attack the football. And then end up getting it broken up. I think Kyler Gordon got a finger on it or something. Um, but he had an opportunity to to make a better play on the ball and, and wasn't able to do it. So I hope, yeah, those are those are the kinds of things that um like you said, taking the lumps a little bit and, and hopefully learning from some some early reps. Um and he'll he'll hopefully learn from that moving forward. Atlanta Falcons. They're going back to back home games here. Right? It's in Atlanta. Yeah, Atlanta beat uh, beat Carolina twenty four to ten today in the uh, in the dome in in Atlanta. So, Ritter did not play for... well. No, I know that. I the Ritter stats look fake because I remember checking them in the fourth quarter, and he had nowhere near this ninety one net yards that he ended up having, which is still you know <laughs> extremely low. But uh, yeah, it was it was worse than that for the majority of the game. Um, Tyler Algier ended up having both. He had 50% more carries, more yards, and he had the two touchdowns uh, in the ground game over Bijan Robinson. Um, didn't seem like that offense knew what the hell it was doing. I know they want to be like NFL version of Stanford. I guess Wisconsin is a great example that I could use since <laughs> not, I don't have to be West Coast biased right now. They want to be they want to be like NFL Wisconsin, but I don't know like old, old Wisconsin, right? Like, old Wisconsin. Like pre- yeah. 
pre Not the uh, one that loses Arabus to uh, Wazoo. Yeah, yeah. I I was I was dealing with too much too much issues with flights yesterday to to be paying too much attention to that one, but it's still that one still hurt. So, yeah, Thanks for coming, baby. Big Ten country. <laughs> Bring it on. Let's go. Uh, all right, man. I think that's a podcast. Go pack, go. I think it is. We did it. Take that bears. Bears still suck. <laughs>